Tommy, I got a question for you to start this podcast off. What's that, Jack? Did you know that a king cobra can deliver enough venom in a single bite to kill 20 people? I did not know that, no. Neither did I, but I was doing some research this weekend, and I found that to be pretty fascinating. I think if we knew that, our ALCS predictions maybe would have been a little bit different. <laughs> but uh, but I, nonetheless... I just put two and two together there. <laughs> But, uh, but nonetheless, it was a great series, and we got Drew and Sawyer joining us today to break down the whole thing. This is the Pipe It Up podcast. Cue the intro. Well, well, well. The Cobras have proved Jack and I wrong, and I think they have proved a lot of people wrong. And they have made it back to the World Series for the first time since 2017. So congratulations to Drew and Sawyer and the rest of the Cobras and the Cobra Nation. Uh, this is a big deal, and I'm honored to have uh, Drew with us here today, the captain. Drew, how you feeling, buddy? Feeling extravagant. Uh, <laughs> the video came out just in time. I had COVID on my 21st birthday, so I was down in the dumps, and uh, the video came out just in time to cheer me up. Excellent. Sorry, you, feel, you feeling better, Drew? I am feeling better. It was one of the worst weeks of my life, but uh, but we're better now. Good, good. Glad to hear you're better now. Congratulations and glad that video came out at the right time for you. But Drew, just just the raw emotion you showed, I think, in the outro um, in your interview, um, and, and some funny comments mixed in there as well. But I think that showed just how much that how much that series meant to you. And I could see it on your face too, Sawyer. You know, you reacting, you know, post game after the celebration, it kind of started to simmer down a bit. And Sawyer, you can see him, you can read his lips. He's like, oh my God, like he's freaking out. <laughs> um, it was just such an incredible series, an incredible environment. And, you know, someone had to lose that series. That was the reality of it. And both teams fought extremely, extremely hard. But the Cobras were able to come out on top, stayed composed, came from that 1 0 deficit, and, and stormed back to win. So, um, Drew, let's start from the beginning. Pre-game, okay? I want to I bring this series all the way back from A to B. Um, did you feel like the Preds were the heavy favorites despite you guys being the one seed? Um, I figured that fans around the league, especially after they would, because I was there to watch their game against the Wildcats. So I feel like after seeing that and me missing the last series of the year, I think like the Preds had a lot of momentum going into the game. So... I think like now I don't think I felt like we were the underdogs necessarily, but I definitely felt like um, that if we won, like we were proving something. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. I feel like that guy, that kind of gave you guys a little bit of an edge, right? Cause you were the one seed. Um, you did, you know, have to wait a little bit longer to play your series, but I feel like everyone was kind of rooting for the Preds felt like the Preds were going to win. And you guys, once again, kind of like ruined the party, ruined the show, so to speak. But um, Drew, I also wanted to say, uh, I just have to tell you, your your list of college colleges is very impressive in the intro. Those are all real, by the way, guys. No, that, is, that is all legitimate. Um, that was pretty funny. I got a chuckle out of that. But I, I just wanted to ask your opinion um, on... How Baranowski has, uh, you know, either met your expectations or maybe exceeded them this year. Um, it was a phenomenal pitching battle the entire series. He's been rock solid on the mound all year long and was able to deliver once again. So if you could just touch a little bit on what Baron's meant to your guys' team this year and how he has uh, maybe exceeded your expectations or, you know, maybe it was what you expected of him. Yeah, I think like, um, I mean, obviously voting hasn't happened yet or whatnot, but he's in the running for Cy Young and uh, people may not like realize how special a Cy Young award is in MLW um, just because I think we've only had like four winners ever. It's only been like Kyle, Daniel, uh, Cratch and Jimmy, I'm pretty sure. Um, unless Tom, I, right. won- I did win one, yeah. <laughs> okay. My bad. You're My good. Bad. Uh, but Long yeah, time only, ago. I mean, so- so only, so only five winners, like, all time. So that's a pretty exclusive list. So the fact that he's uh, being put up for that is, is pretty awesome. But um, I don't think he necessarily exceeded expectations, and that's not a knock on him. That's more just, like, 
like when I drafted him, I, I did look at him in a high, in high regards. And even though he struggled last year, um, like throughout our talks and, and stuff, um, in the off season, like when I talked to Sawyer about him pitching, it was never like, Oh, it's going to be me and you as the, as the one and two, if you, if you do good, it was always, if I have to take a step down and it's you and Baron being the forces on the mound, that's what's going to happen. So I always knew Baron was going to like over, like almost like overtake me. Like I knew like I was kind of like the teacher, he was the apprentice at first. And I always knew there was going to be a moment where he was going to, um, you know, kind of surpass me and take over that ACE role. And so it's been cool to see just for him, because I know last year he hated like how he did, like, I, like everyone, no one wants to, to disappoint the fans or, or teammates and stuff like that. And I think that's how he felt last year. And so it's been cool to see him, you know, have that success for himself too. Like he has so much more confidence now this year that he, I just don't think he had last year and not just like his presence on the mound. Um, but like, well, I guess it is his presence on the mound, but it's not just the stuff he does on the mound, but it's his presence that also adds another, another, um, you know, quality to our team because it's a, he's a great foil. Him and Sean are really great foils to people like me, Sawyer and Andy. Um, I think sometimes it can be hard to balance um, a lot of personalities on a team, but I think it, it's been, it's been really good this year with our team with, you know, Sean and, and Baron kind of being that bridge of, of being calm, cool and collected to me, Sawyer and Andy being very high energy um, you know, always bouncing off the walls. I mean, me and Sean, for example, before that game, both took, uh, I can't, it's called echelon. It's got like 300 milligrams of caffeine and I would gave one to soy and drink it. So we split the other half. So we were on like 400 MGs uh, during that game. We were, we were buzzing. So, uh, Baron being able to just kind of be there. Call, and I, Tom, I'm sure you can, you can speak to this cause you're at every game. Like when we're in the outfield, me and Sean are, are yucking it up out there Come singing on, songs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> singing songs or, or whatnot. And every now and then we'll just give him a little like, hey, come on, Baron, you got this. But for the most part, he's just up there in his own world, just like shutting kids down. And, and it's really cool to see. And so we knew like in that game too, when things were kind of going awry that, you know, we, we had trust that he was going to throw strikes. Like, Obviously, I, I think you'd be lying if like anyone would be lying if they said they have full confidence they they were going to win a game when the potential future MVP comes up to the plate with no outs and bases loaded. But we knew we had a chance still with Barron on the mound because we knew he could throw strikes and he's athletic off the mound. He makes plays. So I think that's the thing I've been most impressed with is his defense. Like he makes so many plays that are very impressive in, in our game saving plays. He's made three, four, five of them this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. He has. I, I do think he's one of the, um, especially for like, you know, he's a big guy. Baron's a big dude. Yeah. You know, he's six foot plus, you know, he's very broad. Um, but like it's, it is impressive. And I want to get into that inning in game two specifically here in a moment, but I want to rewind first back to game one. Um, because to be honest with you guys, like when I see the Predators, um, you know, when I, coming into the series, I thought you know they were the hottest team, right? They had played phenomenally in the ALDS, and you guys jumped on top, which was encouraging. But then when I came, but when I in the second inning saw them come right back and hit two home runs to take the lead, I was yeah. convinced, like I am yeah. watching the eventual World Champs right now. Like there yep. is no team that is better than the Preds right now. It was just incredible. So, um, I'm, I'm not gonna lie, that moment, like. I had been struggling in this year with power, like coming off a year where I had double digit home runs and, um, and having a lot of power to this year, only hitting three homers. So like after I hit that, that two run homer in the first inning, um, and that for them just to kind of come right back, I like my heart sank. Cause I was like, I almost felt like for me, I was like, Oh man, that was the one I could give. Like, no. I don't, I don't, it's it's impressive and like especially in the postseason games with the high pressure, you know, to see them just bounce back like that and to put a four spot up, I was like, My gosh, like these guys are unbelievable. Yeah. Um, but but Sawyer, what was the energy like in the Cobras dugout after you guys got back in in the second inning? Um, now down four to two in game one. You know, for us it was you know, it was, you know, Drew, he's you know, being being Drew, obviously, he's <laughs> 
he he was uh, kind of getting in his own head. Sean Sean was just staying level headed, but I'm mostly the one like, come on, Drew, you can't can't give up now. You know, we got to keep going, got to keep pushing. And he he definitely saw that going into the other two games. He kept it. He was staying more positive. I was just trying to get behind the team as much as possible because I was not seeing Cratch on the mound at all. Like the whole series, mm-hmm. he threw the same pitch to me. I think almost every single time, and I couldn't even touch it. So I was, it's like. Drew, Drew and Sean have to hit. So I'm, I was just trying to keep them in the game, keep them focused. And, uh, but after, after game one, I was like, man, like this is, this is going to be tough. And yeah, because sure. I, you know, to be, to be honest, like the night before, um, I had talked, I don't know, I thought I'd talk to you, Sawyer, but I know I told it to Flynn and Barron. And I told them each, I said, I was like, we need to win game two. I go, if we lose game one, it's honestly okay because I feel like in MLW you see it all the time where if you win game two, like if you win game one, but then you lose game two, all the all the momentum is on the team who won, whoever won game two. So if you lose game one and then you win game two, you've got all that momentum coming back into game three. So obviously losing game one is like heartbreaking, but if you can come back and win game two, I feel like you almost have a better chance of winning the series just because you have that momentum going into game three. Like after when Flynn hit that walk-off home run, I mean, imagine how much fire we had like on our side going into game three. No, you are right. It's, it's an interesting, interesting point. Yeah. Well, no, Jack comment on that because you think he's crazy because I always think like, man, it's tough to win two in a row, but yeah, game two is definitely the harder one than game three. Right. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we've seen it now in the NLDS and now in the ALCS that the team that wins game two won the series for sure. I mean, all three series, we've seen that so twice far. now. And I, and you know, going back to what I said about the diamondbacks and Eagles series, I said, you know, whoever win wins game one's probably going to win. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, really wrong about <laughs> that. And here again, watching this video back, I, after the Preds came back in game one, I'm thinking there's no way the Cobras bounce back from this. But I feel like you, this team um, from the Cobras teams that I have seen is just so much more resilient. And this series was a great demonstration of that. I think, um, one thing that has just been so key for you guys, Drew, and you know, we already talked about Baron a little bit, but um, in in years past, a lot of the Cobras' playmaking and need for momentum has kind of fall, fallen on your shoulders, Drew. And you know that game too to for Baron to be in those situations that he was in, and we talk about the clutchness that is required in the playoffs in MLW. I mean, it doesn't get any more clutch than that from being really a pitcher. Doesn't. Like it really doesn't. So I think that's one thing that has separated you guys um, from previous Cobras teams in the past this year. I think that's a, a major difference yeah. is you guys I definitely think, have some more clutchness on your team. Yeah. That was something, something I tried to touch on in, in our, in our post game was like, I feel like um, like in years past, like, um, it has been a lot of like me feeling like I kind of have to, to be the person that does it. And this year, just, you can see, you see all these little moments of each person on our team contributing in such a big way. Like um, Sawyer having three homers in the regular season Pred series, which if we don't sweep that, we don't even have a chance at getting the first seed and getting that bye week. Um, you know, Sean hitting that game winning Homer, but also catching that fly ball, Baron getting out of, of game two. So it's like all these little things, like it, it, it kind of looks like the Preds this year almost looked like what we kind of have in years past. Like, I feel like everything was falling on Cratch. Like Cratch had to be the person for them this year. And when you just rely on one person, even if like they're the potential MVP, it's hard to, to win a three game series when you're just relying on that one person to do it all. And I mean, we had, you know, contributions from Sean, Baron, me, um, Sawyer even had a couple base hits, even though he said it wasn't seen Cratch. So, I mean, that's what that's why I think is special about our team. It's just like we have so many contributions from different people. No, you do. That hasn't been the past, the case in the past, like you said. And um, yeah, Flynn, just the defense. Oh my goodness. Let, let's yeah. talk about now. Yeah, that game two, uh, third inning specifically, bases loaded, nobody out for the Predators. Um, I mean, once again, kind of like I was saying in the D backs Eagles series, it was more like me, okay, like waiting for the celebration to start for the Predators. Like that's how close they were to winning that series. Mm-hmm. Um, Baron, as clutch as he is and as level-headed as he is, strikes out two in a row, and then Russell gets a hold of one to the wall, and it's Flynn in right field. And Drew, 
watching that playback, <laughs> like it's it's so funny to me. Not funny because I know the intensity of the moment, but mm-hmm. um, just knowing what it's like, like seeing your teammate and in wiffle ball specifically, where it's much much harder to make a routine like pop up catch compared to baseball where you have a glove. Yeah, um, and just seeing you kind of run over me like Sean, like you know it's his responsibility and he knows it too, but it's so so difficult. And seeing the relief when like you go over and just like hug him, you just grab him and squeeze him, and Sean's face's look just looks like oh, thank it's just relief. Goodness. Yeah, it is, it's like the biggest sigh of relief I've ever seen in MLW before. He made that grab, and it was just so clutch. And um, I don't know what was going through your guys' head. This like a second life because I mean, did you feel like you were defeated almost standing out there in left field, Drew, with bases loaded, nobody out? Yeah, and poor I mean, Sawyer's just watching on the sidelines at this point too, just watching <laughs> it all go down. Even Sean, I. I was standing there. I was like, like bases loaded. No, I was like, there's no way we're losing this game. This like this is not how our season is going to end. Like I, I had full confidence in Baron. And then I saw the ball go in the air and watching the video back. That ball looked like it was way closer to going over than what it actually was. Like, I thought that Sean actually like robbed the homer. Like oh, that in hit the, the moment, ball, but. I, in the moment, that ball looked like it was 100% gone. Dude, in the moment, even my like heart was racing mm-hmm. for you guys oh. and, and for Sean. Like, well, Baron really came through for us, for sure. Something else you got to remember, too, is Sean, like, can't throw because he's his his shoulder is just gone. Like, he just doesn't have a shoulder. <laughs> just, this is news to me. Yeah, I did not know that. <laughs> so he's dislocated his shoulder, like, eight or nine times in the past, like, year, year and a half. So that's why he stopped pitching. Um, but so that was like, why, like, so there was a, in the, when Warda came up to bat, we switched sides of the field because he was like, Drew, if there's a ground ball, we need to make play at home. Warda pulls it and I can't throw home. And I was like, oh, shucks. All right, here we go. So <laughs> the, like, if Cratch would have gotten a hole, like hit something to the opposite field or, or Warda would hit something opposite field, like before it got to two outs. I mean, that was going through our heads too. It was like, there may be a, an event where, maybe Sean has to make a kick play like Norb just because he can't even throw it. So Jeez. wait, so follow up question, Drew, you got a guy with a bum shoulder playing in the field and you got Sawyer being sitting here on this call. Let's yeah. this. <laughs> Sawyer, Sawyer, would you like to tell him uh, how you feel when you're in the field? I hate playing the field. <laughs> that is the most anxious I ever am when I'm playing. Like I feel way more comfortable on the mound bases loaded. No outs than me playing in the field in a game we're already going to win. Like, I hate the field so much. And for reference, guys, Sawyer did not play baseball. He's a strict wiffle guy. So, yeah. So maybe I've never played a baseball in my life. Yeah, respect. Respect. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Unbelievable. You guys get out of the inning, but the game isn't even won yet. Now you got to now you got to you get through that mentally and you get that sigh of relief, but now you got to go play an extra innings and still are fighting for your life. And then Flynn does it again, hits the home run, gives you guys the lead, and then Barron shuts the door, forces the game 3 and, and like Drew said, with that game to win, I think you guys did indeed have the momentum. So uh, we were like, oh, here we go. Another elimination game in MLW. And I, I had a feeling in my head, I was like, this is going to be one of those marathon games, like a 0-0 zero, yeah. zero forever game. I don't know why. I just felt because Baron and Cratch were both just pitching so it was a well. It was a duel all series. The duel for the ages, man. It yeah. really was. And dare I say, I think this Predators team is one of the best teams to not make a World Series in MLW. I mean, they are. Yeah. A very yeah. talented squad. I know they didn't hit the best in this series, and I think they were catching some flack for that in the comments. But, I mean, look what Baron was doing. And and it's not like the Cobras hit that well either. I mean, we've seen these pitching duels over yeah. the years and how competitive they are. What's it's up, a, Drew? It's a game of inches, too. It really you know? is. I mean, we saw Russell hit two, tw- you know, oh, to the I, wall. I really so do feel like, for Russ. I do, because yeah, that, that one tough. that Sean caught and the very next at-bat mm-hmm. were both just five feet shy. But that's Wiffle. It is. Did you have something to say there, Drew? Oh, I was just saying, yeah, I think we only had four hits and three of them were homers. And mm-hmm. those were okay. all the runs we scored. So you guys go into game three. Um, at this point, Drew, Sawyer, are you guys, are you guys having conversations at all about, like, are you even entertaining the idea of Sawyer taking the rubber in game three? Or, or game two, no. or it's, just, it's just best against best, Baron versus Cratch, let's see who wins yeah. type situation. 
because Drew called me, I think the night or two before the game and we were talking about, it. he was like, so how are you feeling comfortable pitching? I was like, if Barron's rolling, let, let him roll, man. Like if, if he looks shaky or anything like that, then, then you put me in. Cause I, I'll, I can handle myself and I'll, I'll be able to take down the Preds, but if Barron's going, we roll with Barron. It's, it's been the whole year. And we, I was like, he comes up to me a little bit. He's like, how are you feeling? I was like, Barron's going like, it's not even a conversation. He's dying. So, yeah. Oh yeah. Barron, Barron was in the zone, especially after game two. I was like, we, we cannot pull him out of this game. Yeah. He's, he's mm-hmm. going for sure. After it wasn't so much after game two, like going into game three, it was more after game one. Like, yeah. After game one, it was, I was a little shaken. I, t- I pulled Flynn aside and, Flynn and I think Gus and I kind of trioed up and we went and discussed what we were going to do. And we just decided to go with like Baron. Baron was our horse all year and was like, we're going to lose. We're going to lose with him. I mean, that's, that's the thing, right? It's, it's it's such a hard decision to make sometimes is is because of what you just said, Drew, right? Because you think, Oh, I could put in this other guy to try to throw them off or give them a different look, but then do I want to lose with like my number two on the mound type situation? I mean, so I, it's such a hard decision to make. I know. And so I, I was talking to Andy. Uh, I think I called him. So we called him prior like pregame and he was saying some stuff, trying to help us up. And then I caught, we called him. I called him after the first game. And I was like, I was like, bro, say something to it. I'm like, what do we, what do I, I, I was me. Like, I think I, I remember I was like, this. I was like, what do I need to hear? And he was, he was like, he was like, he said something like someone's got to carry that log up that hill and so that <laughs> that that fired me up and i'm not even gonna lie like in between games i picked up the ball and i started twirling some towards home plate but then i had to tell myself i was like what are you doing drew get the get the off get off the mound. Not, <laughs> <laughs> i do remember that i think i think it was one of those things like kyle and i make eye contact across the field like what is going on oh, here gosh. <laughs> i think so, yeah, I-, <laughs> I, I threw i threw like five like four or five balls uh, I stepped off. I was like, you "Idiot! Don't do this." <laughs> oh, hey, at, le- at least you came to your senses. Drew. Yeah, that's a that is that says a lot. That is mm-hmm. that he's, is he's growing folks, up. That is Drew Davis taking a major major step in management and his overall, you know, wiffle ball attitude. That I'm proud of you, Drew. Thank you for well, sharing like, that. It's like a it's like a what, what is his name Roger Horn in Major League or Major League Two. You get like. You gotta, you have the competitive competitiveness of being a player. Like I was like, I want, I like, I, I, I think I can do this. Like I, I can, I can contribute in this way. And then you got to be your manager and be like, no, uh, play your best pitcher and don't mm-hmm. be an idiot. So it's like you gotta try and balance that. Like I'm, you know how competitive I am, and mm-hmm. I, I always want to be the person. Well, it's, like, it's especially hard to be like mature about that in a sport like wiffle ball, right? Because it feels it has such like that backyard vibe to it. Like oh, let's just mess around and, and do this. That's kind of how yeah. it used to be, but the stakes were so high. Yeah, I mean, and as tempting as it is, you got to really be the coach in that situation and know what's best for the team versus what you really want to do emotionally. But proud of you, yeah. Drew. So, Drew, you you know, you kind of mentioned like your competitiveness and and wanting to be that guy, and I kind of asked this question to Dan on the last podcast, um, and you you're similar in a way where this has probably been the least amount you maybe not bad of but it's definitely the least amount you've pitched in your MLW career. Um, so what has it been like for you to not always have that pressure of being the, the main guy on the mound, the one who really has to, has to produce? Uh, you know, there's good and there's positive and I wouldn't say positives and negatives. I would say there's good and bad to it. Like it's good not having that pressure. And I love, I absolutely love, I'm the opposite of Sawyer. <clears throat> I love playing the field. I have a lot of fun with it. And I do think I like can contribute in a way in the field. Um, like, and still like feel, still feel like I'm contributing um, while, even though I'm not on the mound. Um, but I do like miss being on the mound and, and being someone who can control the game like that. I mean, I, in baseball, I was a catcher. I was in every play. And so it's hard being, and you were a quarterback field. in football. Yeah, I was a quarterback. So sometimes, sometimes in, in when you're just standing in the field, it's kind of hard to watch things unfold and, and trust that your teammates can do it. Like, I'll be honest. Like, I feel like some people may lie and be like, oh, I have full trust. Sometimes I get I get my own head and I'm like, oh my god, what's gonna happen? And I, and I start I start doubting things. But that's just me being competitive. Like, I want to be the one. I've always wanted to be the person who, you know, gets up to the final at bat. Uh, someone like I, I have trust in myself, and so. I, it, it's hard to let go, but at the same time, when you have players like Brendan and Sawyer and who can do it, uh, you know, and they're the best, 
decision to go to. You just got to like figure out a way to, to let go. And so that was something I had to like really learn how to do this year. And it was hard. It was hard, but it was also like, like you said, stress relieving because I was always stressed out on the mound. Like I, I, I overthought things. I was always trying to um, be the guy on the mound. And so not having to have that stress does help me. So it, it helps me enjoy the game more. Like I, I had the most fun this year I've ever had just because I, I wasn't always, um, I think the only game I ever didn't have fun was, was game one of this year when I lost it against y'all against you guys, Tom. Mm-hmm. And it and it's just like, I was in the same situation. <laughs> yeah. From that game and the fan base, just an outrage to now playing in what's going to be the coolest world series in the league's history. But that's, that's the thing, man. I, t- I told, I was telling Cobras fans, there's a lot to be happy about that series. Series number one could have easily gone in your guys's favor. And you proved that, right? I mean, you guys had some ups, some downs this year, but overall, you were a solid team. You won the American League outright in the American in the regular season, and then you took care of the Preds in the postseason. And what was an absolute battle. So, um, Cobras fans are happy. I'm seeing the comments; people are excited. First time in a long time, you guys are back in this in this big game. They're calling for the rematch, Drew. They want my head. I'm seeing. That. I want it. <laughs> I, and personally, and personally, I uh, if I was rooting for anybody, I think. I might be rooting for the Mallards just because, I mean, I, Tommy, maybe you know, maybe you don't know, but Caden and I have a really special bond. And uh, I'd, I'd love to hang out with Caden in, in California. So hmm, I didn't know that. Did, is, did you and Caden like get to know each other a little bit when we road trip together down to Illinois last year? Is that when you guys like first hung out? Um, It wasn't the first time we saw each other, but it was definitely the first time we've, we've spent extended periods of time together. Mm-hmm. But I think we have like some we like we text back and forth all the time, and like we played night golf the other day. I was over at his house, so uh, we just get along really well. That's why I'm always asking about about him. I'm like, hey, is, Tom, is uh, Keaton on the chopping block yet? And <laughs> try try to get him. Have to deal him. But uh, but yeah, no, I don't know. He's a good guy. So uh, well, yeah, I, I just think it'd be fun to hang out with you guys. And and me and Tom, you and I get along really well too when we go out. Mm-hmm. Uh, places so little dnbs here and there yeah <laughs> being friends is obviously pretty cool that's always fun to have but a lot of the storyline going into this series was uh maybe the the it would not be friendship that i would describe it <laughs> as between the predators and the cobras right. um but really watching on the video i feel like i didn't see a whole lot of john going on at least not as much as the first series you guys played um Sawyer was there you know you uh, you and Russell obviously were kind of the um two that were really going at it mostly in the first series you know we talked about that when we had you on before but what was this second series like in terms of just that you know back and forth like competitiveness and uh how is it different from the first series you guys played well when we first showed up like I was expecting something like I was expecting like neither teams talking to each other kind of thing and I show up and everyone's just like talking and stuff like that. And it was, it was pretty laid back. And then going into the game, I don't know who said something, but someone like on the Preds, like said somewhat of a trash talk type thing, like when we were warming up too. And then like Alec and Cratch both were like, no, none of that today. Like they, I just think that they didn't want to like win or lose and have that on them. Like for either team, like, being the team that trash talked and lost or being the team that like won like that. Like, I just don't know the logic behind it, but you know, I, I respect it for sure as a, as a call from Warda and crash to say like, Hey, like don't, don't put fuel to the fire kind of thing. Cause well, well it didn't exactly go well for them the first time. Right. So maybe that's why they, yeah. they stopped it early. Yeah. Cause I, I like that. I like people talking negatively about me. Cause then that just allows me to play better. Like, all, all the games where I've played really good is when someone is doubting me and someone's trash talking me. So I, I just like that more. Yeah. Kyle and I, um, you know, it's kind of like the, the umpires of the series, um, you know, the, the mediators of the series, like we were ready for blood <laughs> heading to the meadows that day. We were ready for it to get you brought ugly. your first aid kit. We were ready, man. I was like, we got to keep them in check. Um, you know, cause it's, not only is the, was the, the blood somewhat bad, but like the stakes were so high, yeah. right? Higher the stakes than the first were so high. Played for sure. So we're like, this is going to be like the most <laughs> just like aggressive and hostile series of all time. 
But really, man, once once the first pitch was thrown, it was just straight whiffs, man. It was it was competitive, yeah. and uh, there wasn't there there was the average amount of you know competitive talk amongst both the teams. Yeah. I'd say for a postseason series, but it wasn't as hostile as the first time in the regular season for sure. But I think, like Sawyer said, with the Preds coming up short the first time, I think Ryan and Alec probably had that conversation beforehand. Like, yo, let's keep Russell in check because that kind of just fueled Sawyer. Yeah, I mean, I love my boy Warda. Obviously, he knows that, and if he's listening to this, um, I he said something uh, a little bit. I don't, I don't know, just kind of. I didn't really understand it. Like in his post game uh, press conference, he kind of had like a quick comment, basically saying like, "Good job, Cobras," but I think the quote was like questionable if they deserved it. Oh or yeah, not. yeah, yeah. Like I felt like you guys earned that series, and you guys definitely deserved that, but. Was there like do I mean I know you were there, Tom, but do any of you guys maybe have any idea like what he was kind of getting at? I mean, I, I don't uh, like to, I'd like to speak on it. Um, just because I, I don't want something to happen where where something where there's miscommunication. I just want to say that like I didn't know that was said like at game time, but Alec and I talked literally, I think the next day. Like we had an out we called we were on the phone for like an hour. And we were just talking about the series and like approaching the world series. And he said to me on a few times, like he was like, it's your guys' time. I'm rooting for you guys go out and win it. Um, You guys deserve it. Things like that. So I think in my head, like when I watch it back on camera, I didn't think anything of it because I think it's just, like you said, the stakes were so high and, and, and from a video perspective, like, if you wa- if you break down the entire series, they kind of almost did like play a little bit more of a complete game than us. Like we had a few homers where we got like the Sean Flynn homer and and my homer in game three, but you know they dominated us in the first game, and then game two it it came down to them getting three straight outs. So I think it was just them kind of almost feeling like they kind of had us up against the wall. And we caught some breaks and we were able to get out of it. And then we came back and won. And so it was definitely, I think, just I think he could have handled it better on camera um, for sure. But I think it was just an in the moment thing because Alec and I talked after afterwards and he was nothing but a gracious, like gracious loser afterwards. Mm -hmm. That's good perspective. for sure. I I think you hit it on the head, Drew, because like you said, I mean, like and Jack said, it's a game of inches, and yes, like the Preds were that series was all but over for the Predators. So that's you know Alec, I'm sure was frustrated internally. I'm sure his mind was racing, and I, I think, I think like what he said, like you said, has some factual evidence to kind of back up like they didn't deserve it. But I, I don't think the they didn't deserve it quote was what he wanted to spill yeah, out there. You know what I mean? Because yeah, yeah, that yeah. that comes across incorrect, right? But I see what he was saying is like you know my team played hard just as hard. We were right yeah. there, but just couldn't finish type thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it was kind of, I, you know, maybe it was like, maybe he felt as if it was more that the Predators lost the series rather than the Cobras which, winning Which it, is maybe. a fair, which is, I a mean, fair they, thing to say. They, you know, I think they definitely had more runners in scoring position. Like, they they had it. You know, like we said, it was just Baron getting out of those tight jams. That mm-hmm. was really the difference maker. Yeah. I think they definitely had more hits than the Cobras. Yeah, um, And sure. Cratch was pitching great i mean it was just a couple you know the home run ball that'll get you um but yeah so that that thank you drew that, that was definitely yeah. some good perspective it just kind of caught my ear when he said it and i was like no Ooh. yeah i totally get it i just wanted to i more just wanted to say because i know i had that conversation with alec but i know that sawyer didn't have that conversation with alec i know the rest of my team didn't have that conversation with alec and so i kind of wanted to make sure like they all knew that like because I, I didn't even know it was said until a couple of days ago. Um, and so like, um, you know, just, I wanted to make sure they knew that Alec behind closed doors said things to me that, that were very gracious. And he, he, he was all on board with us. Like he told me, he was like, it's been seven years in the making. Um, go get it. Like I'm rooting for you guys. I hope it happens. So well, once yeah, again, just, you know, we talked about how the trash talk was pretty mitigated, but I think that's one of those moments that kind of highlights just how high the stakes were. Yeah, you know it is frustrating to play a great series and to fall, you know, just inches short, inches short. One one different outcome of a single at bat short was the difference maker there. So I, I'm sure he was frustrated. It happened to me too. I mean, you, I'm. I saw comments. I'm sure no one 
didn't hear it, but everyone heard the bleep out from me. <laughs> and I'm not going to lie. That was pretty, it was really bad when I did that because I felt really embarrassed after I like in the moment, I just did it as like a release because it literally felt like seven years of, of just not of, of choking, of not getting it done. Mm-hmm. And I knew and it, it was like Sawyer said, like Ryan will throw you the same pitch sometimes because he knows he can beat you with it. Mm-hmm. And I knew it was coming like every pitch and I still wasn't hitting it. And so, I mean, everyone heard the bleep out. And after it happened, I was like, I kind of was sitting there and I was like, oh man, that was not okay to do. That was, I might have to rewatch. I think I might've missed the bleep out. It was just a, <laughs> a, stri- a strikeout. Drew, Drew said some choice words, but yeah. wiffle ball is a frustrating game. So now you guys are the first team officially that has punched their ticket and uh, completed the road to SoFi. You guys will be headed as a squad to California, to SoFi Stadium, to face off against either the Mallards or the Eagles, and that series is on Friday, of course. Um, and this year on the podcast, when I've had some of the younger guys on, such as Sawyer and others, other rookies or second-year guys, um, I kind of ask a similar question like this, but Sawyer, um, just kind of walk me through um, you know, your experience over the last few months, You know, being drafted, coming into the league, um, having the opportunity to pop up to go to Vermont to play in the mini MLB series, now getting the chance to go to California to play at SoFi Stadium. Just what's this been like for you, man? You know, it, it's really cool because, like, I was talking with, uh, like, one of my friends that I've, you know, played wiffle ball, and he was like, dude, think about this. I was like, what's up? And he's like, you're – a year ago today, you were just, like, sitting around just playing in one league, and then now you're you're going all across the country – to play wiffle ball, like you're signing autographs, all this stuff. Like, like how, how does it actually feel? And for me, it's like, it's kind of hit me kind of not like, like I go to the tournaments. I go to, like, I went to Vermont and going to LA. That's going to be awesome. But it's, I don't know if it's like fully hit me yet. How cool this actually is. Cause like some people who've been in this league, you know, seven, eight, nine years, they, they won't be going to LA, you know, they haven't gone to Vermont yet. So this is just, it's awesome, especially being a rookie coming in. And like, I tell my friends this, they're like, because they like say, Oh, you play professional football. I'm like, yeah, you know, I've gone all the, all around the country. Like I'm going to SoFi, you know, it's, it's one of the, it's so cool just to say that to people, especially when the video came out, that was, that was awesome. Like, cause I, I was posting it on my story and they're like, you're going to SoFi. Like, that's mm-hmm. awesome, dude. Like, or like, wait, like some of my friends asked me in school today, they were like, wait, you're actually going to LA to play at SoFi. So it's really cool there too. Mm -hmm. Did some of your closer friends put the pieces together now as to why you missed a couple days of school a few months back? (laughs) Yeah. I know you uh, told me like, I think they're suspicious, (laughs) man. They know I'm not in school. They know something's going on. (laughs) Yeah. It was really funny because uh, when it happened, like there's a group chat with like 20, like our whole friend group. And they were all like, Sawyer, turn turn your location on. Where where are you at, dude? And I was like, you know, I'm <laughs> I'm sick, dude. <laughs> I'm, I'm sick. I can't do it, man. So mm-hmm. I think uh, I think that was kind of funny because they finally uh, figured it out because some of them followed the league and they saw me posting like Road to SoFi when it first came out, and they're like, okay, I think I think I know where you were. <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it's it's awesome. Just be, it was similar able, like, for me. It was similar for me too. I, I didn't mean to cut you off there, but um, yeah, you're good. Because like I, I was keeping it totally under wraps too. News newsflash, guys. I was going to go to SoFi regardless of winning this next series or not. You know, I'll either be playing in it or I'll be on the production side of it. So I'm going there regardless. But anyway, I was the same way. Like totally keeping it under wraps. Like my family didn't know where I was going. Friends didn't know where I was going. And like because of the time differences and stuff like that. Um, I was not good at responding to texts to my friends or like snaps or anything like that. And we were just so busy all day. So like, I would be like several hours not responding. And I'm not usually like that. I'm pretty good. Mm-hmm. I remember on the last day, like we were wrapping up and we were like heading back to the airport to come home. And I'm going through the group chat and I see like a message. that's like, I think Tom Coughlin is dead. Like they didn't know <laughs> what I was doing. And I was like, it'll make sense in a few weeks, boys. Trust me. I was like, it's a secret mission. But anyway, but cool. I'm glad you yeah. got to experience it, Sawyer. And um, we're only two weeks away now from less than that from the fans uh, seeing game one. So it's, it's pretty exciting. I can't wait for you guys to see this video. I'm so excited. Not, But just as excited for this Friday's video too. But the SoFi videos especially. So Super pumped. Super pumped up about it. 
But uh, guys, thanks for joining the show tonight. I appreciate it. Um, good luck in the World Series against either myself or the D-backs. And uh, I'm sure we'll be talking to you guys again shortly. Thank yes. you. Yep. Thank you. Not a problem. Thanks for coming on tonight. Talk to you guys soon. Yep. Have a good one. You too. See you, Tom. See you. Peace, boys. And now for a quick message from our friends over at Minor Breakdown, a developmental podcast. The rules for stealing second, third, or home are well known in baseball. But did you know that it's already legal to steal first? What? I don't understand that either. But tune in to Minor Breakdown to learn all about the amazing minor, independent, and summer league teams across the country. The podcast highlights squads like the Roswell Invaders, Rocky Mountain Vibes, and Milwaukee Milkmen, and features interviews from GMs, coaches, and even team mascots. Learn about these unique teams and the cities they're in on Minor Breakdown, available on Apple, Spotify, and on Twitter at at Minor Breakdown. How do you steal first? I don't know, Jack. I don't no idea how you steal first, but apparently it's a thing. I'm going to have to check out the podcast. Yeah, have to listen to Minor Breakdown, I guess. Might have to. Thanks again to those guys at Minor Breakdown for sponsoring the last two episodes. Thanks again to Drew and Sawyer for joining us once again on the Pipe It Up podcast. Uh, congratulations, Coastal Cobras going to the West Coast. Can't believe it. Can't believe it. Um, hats off to them. They've had a great season so far. And uh, we talked a little bit in that interview with them about the, the big step that Brendan Baranowski has taken in his second year. Um, I feel like some players in MLW, but just in sports in general, kind of come into their rookie year and might make a statement their rookie year and then kind of go into a sophomore slump, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and Brennan has done the exact opposite. He kind of struggled a little bit in his freshman year, if you will, in MLW. And he's just turned it around with crazy numbers on the mound in his second year. And so I just kind of looked at the stats, little numbies for you guys. This kind of just puts it in perspective for me. So 2021, Brendan had 21 earned runs and 23 walks. And guess how many innings pitched, Tom? 21 earned runs. I will guess 20 innings. I don't know. 12.1 innings pitched. Wow. Those were his numbers in 2021. Now, conversely, whatever he did in the offseason worked. In 2022, and this is regular season numbers, he had 10 earned runs, 26 walks, in 31.1 innings. Jeez. That is, that, that kind of, I feel like, should give you guys a little bit of perspective on really the dramatic improvement that he's made um, in his second year. Furthermore, looking at the team batting leaders, the team batting numbers for 2022, um, in the regular season, uh, if we started from the bottom, obviously magic, you know, hate to admit it. We hit, uh, 0.148 as a team. Uh, second from the bottom was the diamondbacks with 2.16. So they're one of the last three teams left kind of an interesting stat. Um, but the Cobras were just above them with 0.218. So I think that's just another additional statistic that kind of backs up how solid Baranowski has been on the mound, how solid Sawyer's been on the mound. Um, and even in that series, I mean, uh, with the one series, they were under 200 as a team. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we, you know, we saw how it was a pitching duel. The Predators were over 250 in that series. So or, or they're over 250 in the playoffs. So, yeah. you know, they're a better hitting team, at least numbers-wise in the playoffs. I just wanted to kind of share those statistics with you guys because you know we we talk a lot about the improvements of guys um or you know maybe some slumps that some guys are in but i think giving some numbers can help put things into context a little bit no and i think too it also contributes to the fact that i talked a lot about how um like how i've transitioned my game over the last couple of years just hitting left-handed to hitting right-handed and how home runs win your ball games when you got a guy like baron all it takes is one dude to hit a solo shot. Look at how the Cobras won that series. It was two Baron shutouts. Yep. It was the Sean Flynn home run in game two, and it was the Drew Davis home run in game three. When you got a guy who's just throwing shutout inning after shutout inning after shutout inning, it's just one guy needs to get one over the fence somehow. So the Cobras, 
if if Barron can keep pitching like that, it's gonna get lucky lucky on a couple of hits and they can win themselves a World Series. Yes, sir. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to the Cobras representing the the AL in in California at SoFi. <laughs> I think, you know, I, I really liked what I saw from this squad. I think they have a good chance at beating either the Mallards or the Diamondbacks, whoever ends up there. Um, and that's just, I'm so excited. That's going to be such a good series. Yeah, it's going to be great. Uh, I would love, I mean, it feels like it's written in the stars, getting the rematch. I would love it. Um, and, you know, when I saw the Cobras win that game, I was like, this is it, dude. It's the 2017 rematch. It's going to happen. Like, I, I could feel it. Um, I don't remember the power rank. Like, what were the power rankings preseason? Where were the Cobras at on the power rankings? I can't imagine they were higher than four. Uh, so I know the Predators were number eight. Or no, they were seven. Sorry, Magic yeah. were eight, correct? Predators yeah. were seven. So clearly they were better than, than seven. Okay. Um, Cobras might have been right ahead of them at six. I really should pull it up for us, Jack. I yeah, really let's should. do it. Why not? It might, it'll take me a minute, but... um, We can find them. While I look for this, um, kind of a cool thing I got going for you guys is I got a DM from somebody... Um, who actually has some extra MLW trading cards, some duplicates. They collected a lot, and they have a set of duplicate cards they're looking to share with the MLW community. Um, he actually offered them to me, and I was like, oh, this might be a fun thing to do on Pipe It Up and do a little giveaway for our listeners. So if you guys didn't know, the cards are now totally sold out. Set 1 sold out literally um, yesterday. So set 1 is gone. You can't buy them anymore. But we're going to do a little exclusive giveaway here for you guys. So um, we were looking for some giveaway criteria and this is what Jack came up with. So on Instagram, give us a follow, guys. We're at Pipe It Up MLW. Follow us and DM us your best sports joke, okay? Send us your best sports joke that you have, and Jack and I will scroll through whenever it gives us the best laugh. Uh, we'll send you guys some free trading cards courtesy of another MLW fan. So that's pretty cool. Um, meanwhile, I haven't been scrolling because I've been talking, so give me a second here. <laughs> Cue the spooky Halloween music as it's Halloween night. It's going to take a while. What's your favorite candy, Tom? Uh, it's Three Musketeers, Jack, and I feel like that's not a popular opinion, but I love th- like a, a, cho- a, a chocolate slept- bar. Three Musketeers, love it. Definitely a slept-on candy. I feel like uh, I, I kind of like some weird candies, not going to lie. Well, well I wouldn't say them. weird, but they're candies that I've had a lot of people be like, ew, like, you like those? People say that to me about Three Musketeers, and I'm like, it's an elite candy bar. Elite. I, I love it. So elite. I love almond joys. I feel like a lot of that's, people. Yeah, that's a hot take. It is, but but I mean, I don't. I, don't I mean, I'm not going to pound them. Like I, I'm not going <laughs> to pound them like I would Kit Kats. You know what I mean? Okay. But I could I could get down with an almond joy. How about, how about um, a mound? A mound's fine. Mounds okay. are good. Uh, I really loved Whoppers as as a little kid. Whoppers are good, dude. Whoppers they are <laughs> those are ones like eat a dangerous amount of, and like I don't like love them that much. But it's just like I can't put them down. I just yeah. keep going. Whoppers are just like a candy that is kind of unlike any other candy. I feel like there's probably something out there that's similar, but there's just nothing like a Whopper. I mean, you got, right, you got the Snickers, you got Twix. It's like they're all a little bit different, but Mm kind of similar in some ways. A Whopper, like just this ball of like, what is even inside of it? I don't even know what it is. It's just kind of sugar. I don't even know what's inside it. It's, but. Uh, it's interesting because like when I say like favorite candy, I guess I always answer with like Three Musketeers chocolate bar. Mm-hmm. It's like, I think it's like a chocolate bar, but there's candy. Like there's a wide variety of like yeah. sweets, right? It's, like I, get, I wouldn't even really consider Three Musketeers. It's not candy. really candy. It's a chocolate bar. Yeah. Favorite candy. I'd probably say Reese's Pieces for me. That's a candy. That's that, a candy. That counts as a candy. I, that's, I like those. Um, I really love Swedish Fish. No, not for me. Really? That's a that's really? a hot take on my end. That's a hot take on my end. Swedish but fish. Oh my! I would eat Swedish. Fish I just until don't my like. Stomach hurts. I don't like uh, like a lot of hard candy. Not even hard candy. What about candy, sour like, stuff? You like sour patch? Sour patch kids. Sour skittles. Yeah, skittle. Not a big skittles guy. Too they, firm. They ruin your tongue. Too firm. Yeah. man. I like the consistency of an M M&M and M a lot better. Or Reese's PC. M and Ms are great. M and Ms are good. What would you, so M M&M and M has. They've come a long way because they've made a few different types now. Mm-hmm. So what would be your favorite? Is it just the OG M&M? The, first of all, if you're talking OG, the, the minis, for whatever reason, are significantly oh, yeah. better. Those the, hit the different. Minis we, the know that. we know that. We know that. Dude, if you're eating mini M&Ms out of a tube, they're just definitely going to taste better. <laughs> they're That's amazing. a fact. Um, but I like the the red wrapper, the peanut butter M&M. Not okay. the peanut M&M, the peanut butter M&M. So basically I, a Reese's Pieces. Right. But, <laughs> but the M&M ones are bigger. They're actually really good. I love yeah. them. 
I would I would go peanut M M&M, and A peanut sure. the yellow yeah, wrapper. They're just okay. Yeah, those are my my go to like um if I'm on a if I'm on a flight and you know stopping while I'm killing time to yeah, get get a drink a little, and a snack. A little quickie mart there. Yeah, at the airport. it's like a vitamin water and peanut M and M's. That's the, okay. That's the hookup before getting on the plane. Okay, yeah, that's fair. So chocolate bar, then like Snickers, you said chocolate bar. Um, if I had to pick a favorite, Twix counts, right? As a chocolate for sure, bar, is that a for can? Sure. Yeah, that's, that's I would say sure. Twix, but um, it's got to be frozen. I mean, I'll, I'll eat it. I'll eat it not frozen, but like that's my. But favorite. But the actual, just the frozen Twix, like a Twix ice cream bar, because they have those. Not too. the ice cream bar. Okay. No, no, no. Like putting, uh, like you're buying it right before yep. you check out. It's as that's an impulse actually elite, buy. Jack. I just remember. And then you something. go home and immediately throw it in the freezer and then eat it later that night. I used to get um, we're getting off topic, but I used to get frozen Reese's <laughs> up north at this snack bar at the beach they had next to our our little cabin. So good. Dank. So good. On a Dank. hot summer day, a frozen Reese's. Yeah. They weren't like like frozen salad. I guess they were like really chilled, though. They were definitely yes. in some sort of fridge. Mm-hmm. They were chilled. And they were amazing. And Jack, to reel it back in, we were totally wrong. Those really? teams that played for that World Series appearance last week, they were eight and seven. Predators were eight. Cobras were seven. Magic were six in the, pre- oh, in the preseason power rankings. Gosh, that hurts. <laughs> the Predators were eight? Predators were eight. Dude. Because we were all hating on them for drafting Mac Hawley. And like, I, I don't know cause, what cause, we were thinking. Well, because, Jack, they didn't make the playoffs For last year. For the record, year. I did not have a part of these power rankings. They didn't make the playoffs last year, and True. they didn't really add, like, a weapon. That was the number two pick, and they added, like, a kid that Ryan played with, like, a friend. So we were all like, what are they doing? Yeah. I thought they were just throwing in the towel, and all of a sudden, they're True. amazing. So. Well, the reason I think I asked that question in the beginning before we derailed and started talking candy on this fine Halloween night was mm-hmm. that... um. I don't think anyone expected the Cobras to be in the World Series and playing at SoFi Stadium. I certainly didn't. Um, it's just been another year of sports, of MLW, where just unexpected stuff has happened. People have shown out. Um, others, maybe not so much. And I really just, you know, I give the hat off to Drew. I feel like that uh, segment that we just had him on for shed a lot of light on his improvements as a manager, as a player, um, just as, you know, being being at the Meadows, like being around. Mm-hmm. I think he's come a really long way. It's reflected in a positive way on the rest of his team, the way he's managing that squad, unlike Mel Tucker. <laughs> <laughs> Had to toss that in, huh? Um yeah, congratulations to Drew. I'm happy for them. Happy for Baron, Sawyer, Sean, Andy, all those guys. I mean, the Cobras have had their fair share of ups and downs over the year, and I know they have a very strong, passionate fan base. And, uh, you know, congrats to them. It's, it's well-deserved. Well well-deserved is what I'm going to leave it at. I think it's an appropriate yes. quote to, to end this podcast on. But uh, been a fun episode. And, guys, buckle up for another doozy on Friday. we got another team that will punch their ticket to SoFi to play the Cobras it is the Mallards taking on the D-backs in a three-game NLCS series. So be sure you guys don't miss out on that. Once again, make sure you follow us on the gram at Pipe It Up MLW and uh, DM us if you're interested in winning some MLW trading cards. Thanks again to Minor Breakdown for sponsoring this podcast, and we will see you guys next week. Peace.